serves. This is Sir Gene with your morning update in the afternoon. Hey guys, I just wanted to release a short episode and let you know what's happening and that there's probably going to be fewer episodes in the coming several weeks before I get back home and start doing episodes on a more regular schedule. Although probably not the every other day that I used to uh, a month ago, probably more uh, twice a week. So my mom had a stroke, so I'm actually uh, spending time at my parents' house and helping my dad take care of that. And consequently, I may put out an episode here and there. It's going to be recorded on my iPhone rather than the normal programs that I use and not on a fancy professional microphone that I would have at home. So if something comes up, if I'm motivated, I will put out an episode that day. I don't plan on doing anything on a particular day of the week for the time being, but I didn't want to not just have everyone assume, oh, he must have lost interest and stopped doing these episodes. I definitely am still looking for interesting guests and I still have topics that I want to cover. But I also have to admit that, frankly, politics is starting to become a little draining. I I am taking the opportunity to take a bit of a break from politics. Those of you that are in the no agenda social will probably notice that my last week or probably several weeks worth of uh, links and posts that I've made have tended to, to be more on the Hey, check out this music. Hey, uh, here's an interesting video that deals with science. Here's an interesting video that deals with history. So while I am certainly still paying attention to what's going on politically, it is by no means been an, a, a topic that is as interesting to me right now as it was, let's say, three months ago or at the beginning of the podcast where I was really focusing on providing as much day-to-day political coverage as I could. I I think probably there will be ebbs and flows to this, and I'm trying to be as open about what my plans are as I can with you guys. Uh, to those that, that still subscribe and are still listening and haven't deleted the podcast off their list of interesting podcasts, I certainly appreciate that. To the handful of you guys that are sending me money, I certainly appreciate that as being able to do a podcast and have the fees that are associated with hosting and creation be paid out of donations is obviously very cool and much, much better than having to take the time and effort and create a podcast and then have to pay all those fees out of your own pocket as well. Hopefully I am still providing some value to that. I know once we had the big series of interviews relating to podcasting 2.0. I I started going back to politics, but certainly my interest was already waning in that regard. And I did several episodes really more focused on topics of probably philosophy more than anything, or just big question topics, even if they were somewhat related to the political landscape. So I would certainly say for the time being, there will be fewer stuff coming out just due to life issues with my parents, but post that and hopefully with a quick and good recovery. And my mom seems to be okay. She's not in any immediate trouble. Just slowly recovering her memory, the usual stuff that happens when somebody has a stroke. And my dad's getting pretty darn old. I'm 109, so I think he's 134 right now. It's a, it's something that is going to take a little more attention for me to deal with. But I certainly appreciate the well-wishing as well, and I'm sure there will be some coming as a result of 
putting this out there as a podcast. But since I really do want to maintain a bi-directional conversation with you guys, either through No Agenda Social or even people that just reach out to me uh, through the email, which is just podcast at surgene.com. And the website, obviously, for downloading the podcast is podcast.surgene.com. So if you want to get a hold of me, that's the best way to do it. I do try to get on No Agenda Social at least every other day, occasionally five times a day. All depends on what I'm doing. And I do want to hear of interesting things you guys are doing and any kind of articles and links people send me, I always check out. I generally don't just ignore that stuff. It just, I may either not have a reaction to it or I may have a, a comment to it right away. It all depends on what I'm doing and what the topic is. But in a nutshell, that is what's happening in my world right now and uh, what my immediate plans are. For the people that have reached out to me on No Agenda chats about my next streaming session or what the games I'm playing, because when I stream, it's generally games. Just to update you guys, and again, I won't be streaming while I'm at my parents' house because that's I'm not bringing my gaming PC with me. <laughs> that's uh, that's going to have to wait until I'm back home. But I've been playing Star Citizen. The ships are awesome. They look really cool. If you are a gamer at all, it's definitely worth checking out Star Citizen. Watch the videos. You don't necessarily have to sign up and play. I will tell you that from having jumped into it and played it a little bit, it is absolutely an alpha. It's not even beta. And it's been an alpha for many years now, and I'm not sure when it's going to get to beta. So watch videos. Don't invest your own money unless the videos really make you feel like you want to play around with these ships. It is mostly a showroom of really cool 3D uh, spaceships right now. Don't expect a whole lot more than that. Yes, there is other stuff to do in the game and there's mining and, and fights, a good battle with spaceships, but it is, uh, for the most part, just a place to go walk around and look at cool. And also you don't have to spend real money on ships. You just have to buy the, the game once and then every other, pretty much every ship, if not every, then at least 95% of the ships you can get through the in-game currency. So the only reason to spend real dollars on them is if you want to directly jump to a ship without having to grind anything in the game and then buy it for real dollars. And those prices are not cheap. Those ships go from about $35 up to $600, I think, for the humongous ones. Hey, if you got disposable income, you just want to have something that you can walk around, looks really cool as a one-to-one replica of a cool spaceship, not really a replica, I guess, similar to spaceships in movies like Star Wars or Star Trek or whatever, then by all means, uh, check out what's available for sale. For anybody who just wants to take a look at it, just watch the videos. And anybody that just wants to actually try it, give it a shot and play the game, don't buy any of the expensive stuff, just buy the starter package. And then you can earn the in-game money through doing missions to be able to get all the ships that are available. And then the other game that I've been playing uh, really probably for the month prior to that and the one that I streamed a little bit of is uh, Elite Dangerous, which is quite similar to Star Citizen in a lot of ways, but it is a much more complete game. It is fully fleshed out. Uh, There's still some bugs, but for the most part, the gameplay is all there. The, the ships are all there. In fact, they haven't really updated ships in about two years, but they really, like, they work. They're not in, in as much of a beta or alpha phase as 
Star Citizen. And in its own way, Elite Dangerous is just as beautiful. It's just that beauty doesn't go to the level of detail and to the level of ships that Star Citizen is creating. But the trade-off for that, of course, is that Elite Dangerous is uh, much more of a full-functioning game, and it's been out of beta for many years now, whereas Star Citizen has been in alpha, so pre-beta, for about eight years now, which is insane. So anyway, that's what I've been spending my time on. I, and uh, I guess the other thing to mention is a game that I used to play an awful lot, like a thousand hours or more, probably closer to 2,000 hours over the last five years, is uh, Kerbal, which is a space simulator with uh, tons of mod support. That game just celebrated 10 years. I have not been playing it a whole lot lately, but they just came out with what is their last or final update to the game as they're currently working on the brand new version of the game to be released. Well, either Christmas of this year or more than likely sometime next year. But the last update to Kerbal just happened and I probably will download it when I get back home because I've always loved playing Kerbal. And Kerbal is more simulator than game. I would think of it more as a spaceship version of Microsoft Flight Simulator but also with cute little green men. So that having the little green men adds somebody to the game beyond just building spaceships. Now you have spaceships that carry little green men that really you should try to not kill. <laughs> so it adds that element, the, the element of having to save somebody's life and, and not just not care whether a piece of technology gets destroyed. Very fun game. So... Anyway, that's that's been what's taken up my time on the gaming side of things. Like I said, from a political standpoint, I'm minimizing that. I'm just getting sort of tangential news. I'll listen to no agenda, but I may not even finish the episodes. I may just li listen to a few bits and decide that's all the politics I need for this week or certainly for these few days and then rinse and repeat, do it again when the next episode comes out. I do think that at least here in Texas, COVID is pretty much in the past that's in the rear view mirror if not completely gone because it's still visible in the rear view mirror it is very much on the decline and most people are not wearing masks there's still a handful of people that are like i was even at whole foods earlier today and even the cashiers at whole foods are not wearing masks which kind of surprised me because i figured out of all the stores in town at that store they would be the last ones to get rid of masks for their employees but I guess they, they're on board with not having masks anymore, which is a good thing. You can actually see when people are smiling now. You can see what people are thinking and whether they're sad, angry, or happy, or whatever other emotion, and not try and just figure that out from their eyes and their eyebrows, but actually see that on their entire face, which is a very good thing that was missing for about a year. And I'm glad to have it back. And on also, I guess the other topic that I touched on uh, previous episode is the whole what is going on in Austin. And there is no concrete update on that for me this particular episode, other than to say I today I had lunch with another friend that just moved out of Austin, actually moved to New York for a job. So the number of people that are in, in Austin proper, like next to downtown that I am, is shrinking. And that, again, is just more, more reason for me to start looking for where my next abode is going to be. 
and I still very much love Texas. I have no intention of moving out of Texas, but there are a few cities in Texas where I've not lived and that I have a casual interest in exploring. So while I could just go back to familiar territory up in Dallas where I lived for, for a number of years, I think I'm more inclined to either move to Houston or San Antonio. And there's pros and cons to both. San Antonio is nowhere near as interesting. It doesn't have as much entertainment or culture or restaurants or anything else as Houston. But it's also smaller. It's also much closer to Austin. And it is a, it's got some other benefits to it. And it's also way cheaper than Houston. And there is a, certainly a potential for a few other folks that I know that may end up moving to San Antonio. So San Antonio has not been written off by any means. It's very much on the list. And of course, Houston is a city I've wanted to live in for a while, just not in any hurry to move there. But I've been there tons of times and I've explored different areas. And it really does at certain times or certainly in certain areas of Houston, it feels like a major metropolis, the way Chicago does in the surrounding area, the way New York does in the surrounding area, even more so than I think the way LA feels because LA is very spread out, but like Chicago and New York are not nearly as spread out or even Miami for that matter has a little bit of that sort of bigger city feel that Houston has, whereas other cities, including Dallas, really don't. Dallas uh, and Fort Worth both have a fairly small downtown of high-rise buildings followed by a very large area of really suburbia with either old suburbia, like old, big, nice, expensive houses that were built closer to the city, or way out in the boonie suburbia, like where I used to live in Frisco, which is brand new construction on what used to be farmland just 10 years ago and uh, a good half hour from the downtown. But nice area to be, good schools, uh, lots of activities for people with kids, not so many activities for people without kids, which is one of the reasons I ended up moving to Austin is Austin seemed like a much better place to be in the, if, if you wanted to actually socialize, if you wanted to do things hang out at bars, meet with friends for uh, an evening out, that sort of thing. Whereas in Dallas, it, it felt like everybody in Dallas is married and, and everybody's got kids and even people who are not married, they're all dealing with kid issues. Maybe that's just systematic of my age. Once I got divorced, it was kind of a, a decade went by between when I was previously single and when I became single. Maybe that was just emblematic of that. But definitely moving to Austin... It seemed like there were a lot more other people that were single or other people that were interested in getting together at 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. or something and hanging out in different places, getting drinks, having good food, uh, good barbecue that Austin is known for, all these uh, different factors. So Austin was a very enjoyable place, but I really am getting over it. And I, I feel like I'm at that stage of my final, for sure my final year, but maybe my final several months in Austin in wrapping up what I've been here. And every time a new person that's a friend of mine that lives in Austin ends up moving out of Austin, it just puts one more nail in, in that coffin of Austin. And the phrase that I've said before, and I'll just repeat it again here, is Austin today really, I would say, is a lot closer to San Diego 
than Austin was when I moved to Austin a decade ago. And San Diego is not bad. Like I, I lived in San Diego for about two years. It's a nice city, but it's not Austin. It's a very different environment. Austin had the keep Austin weird culture. It had live music everywhere. You literally any day of the week walking around Austin within three miles of downtown, not even necessarily in downtown, but around downtown, you would hear live music. And as you're walking or as you're driving, you can hear music fade from one live band and then you start hearing a different type of music. And as you approach, you realize it's another live band playing. And that was very much the Austin that I moved to. Things were much cheaper there. The The number of, what are they called? The little pop-up food market things. God, I'm blanking out what they're called. But anyway, almost every day of the week, you could find where the local farmers, farmers markets is what they're called. Where the local farmer's market was, they, there was one happening in different location all the time. It, it was just, it felt more like a small town with a fairly sizable downtown. And right now, Austin feels more like a small city with a definitely large downtown at this point. The, the downtown number of buildings and Population density has probably doubled since I moved here. And in that transition from town to city, I think it's really lost a lot of the character that I enjoyed about Austin, where it felt like you were still in a smaller town and outside of the mainstream. And right now you're seeing a lot of signs that I like. Even just driving today, I was changing lanes and I had two people that were honking at me, which never happened in Austin and doesn't happen anywhere else in Texas. People are super friendly in Texas and will let you in. But Austin probably today has about 35% of its population comprised of Californians. And we all know how much of an asshole's Californians are. So they're all moving here and it's getting time to seriously start uh, looking at moving out of here. But that's okay because moving brings about new and interesting and surprising opportunities and new friends that you meet and new adventures. So I am, I'm not at all disappointed. It's been a decade. It's been a good time. I've lived longer in Austin, I think, than I have in any city in my entire life. I've tended to move around about every three, four, five years. And I've been here for nearly a decade. So it is, it has been a place that I've enjoyed calling home. And the airport's been pretty damn good too. Although nothing beats DFW. Even if I move to Houston and the airport, I think is considerably worse in terms of its layout and planning than the airport in Dallas or DFW, which is really between, right between in the middle from Dallas to Fort Worth. And it's still probably my favorite airport out of all the airports in the country at this point. It's just laid out so well. And for somebody that used to travel every other week, that was a very significant thing that I looked for. These days with remote working, a lot less travel involved, it's really just not as big of a concern. And so being in a, whether I'm in a city with a big, huge airport or whether I'm in a city with a small airport, it's just less of an issue. And while I still certainly think I will be flying at certain points, I just don't foresee that sort of every other week type travel that I used to do. So that's my update 
for this week, probably. And I'm going to preemptively thank people that are sending me well wishes for my mom. Now that she's in the Urban Dictionary, as Adam pointed out and sent me a link, that the term Jean's mom, or so easy that Jean's mom could use it, is in there. I think it's going to be fun for me to show that to her once she recovers to a degree where her memory is back to the point where she can appreciate the humor in it. But anyway, stay tuned for more updates and just give me a little bit of a break on sound quality because I just know they're going to be recorded on an iPhone and then uploaded without any kind of processing that I would typically do doing it on my home studio setup. And if anyone has any suggestions or any pros or cons, incidentally, to either San Antonio or Houston, I'm all ears to that as well, because I'd love to hear from people that have actually lived in those cities, even if you don't currently live in that city, and get your take on pros and cons and why you moved there or why you left there, because those are the two most likely places that I'm considering. And I, I think that there is still a slight chance where I may decide to just throw a dart at the map of Texas and just pick some little tiny town in the middle of nowhere and just move there for a while just to experience traditional old-time Texas life. I think that would be an interesting thing too. But I'd say chance of that probably about 5% and then chance of the other two cities is 95% one or the other. But I don't want to exclude it either. I, I may go that route. Honestly, with doing everything remotely, the only real need that I have in terms of location is a place that has gigabit Ethernet, so likely fiber. And that's simply because that's what I'm used to. I've had gigabit for quite a long time, for almost the entire time I've been here, after the first couple of years probably for sure. And so I'm used to really fast and low latency Internet for not just for gaming, which obviously is where it helps a lot, but also just for sending and getting files from clients and doing other activities like that. It's nice to have the the extra bandwidth. But other than that, if I get gigabit Ethernet at a random small town in Texas, I certainly wouldn't uh, rule it out. I would go and check it out, see what it's like, and maybe live someplace super quiet for, for a change as well. It would be, because I've only lived in fairly urban areas in texas all right guys that'll be it for this episode hopefully you enjoyed or at least appreciated the update that i provided and i will let you know what's happening with my mom as well as any other topics that come up probably about a week from now thanks for listening and as always thanks for joining me please do keep in mind that nothing in this podcast represents financial legal or medical advice 